Canto nine of the Tour of Doctor Syntax in Search of the Picturesque by William Coombe. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Recording by Adrian Pretzelis. Canto nine. Along the varying road of life, in calm content, in toil or strife, at morn or noon, by night or day as time conducts him on his way how oft doth man by care oppressed find in an inn a place of rest whether intent on worldly views he in deep thought his way pursues whether by airy pleasure led or by hope's fond delusions fed he bids adieu to home and strays through unknown paths and distant ways where'er his fancy bids him roam in every inn he finds a home should fortune change her favouring wind though former friends should prove unkind will not an inn his cares beguile where on each face he sees a smile when cold winds blow and tempests lower and the rain pours in angry shower the dripping traveller looks around to see what shelter may be found then on he drives through thick and thin to the warm shelter of an inn whoe'er would turn their wandering feet assured the kindest smiles to meet whoe'er would go and not depart with kind wishes from the heart oh let them quit the world's loud din and seek the comforts of an inn and as the doric shenstone sung with plaintive music on his tongue who e'er has travelled life's dull round where'er his changeful tour has been will sigh to think how oft he found his warmest welcome at an inn twas at an inn in calm repose heedless of human joys or woes that syntax passed a quiet night in pleasing dreams and slumbers light but in the morn the thunder roared the clouds their streaming torrents poured the angry winds impetuous blew the rattling casement open flew scared at the noise he reared his head then starting quickly from the bed is it he cried the day of doom as he bestrode the trembling room the houses tops with water streamed the village street a river seemed while at the tempest all amazed the rustics from their windows gazed i'm not he said disposed to fear but tis not time to loiter here i'll change the scene and quick retire from flaming flash to kitchen fire nay while rude nature's threats prevail i'll lose the storm in toast and ale half dressed he made a quick retreat and in the kitchen took his seat where an old woman told the host what by the lightning she had lost how a blue flash her sow had struck had killed a cock and lamed a duck with open mouth another came to tell a rick was all in flame and then declared that on the spire 
he saw the weathercock on fire. Nay, that so loud the winds were singing, they'd set the peal of bells a-ringing. A dripping tailor entered next, and preached upon the self-same text. He swore that sitting on his board, while the wind blew and thunder roared, a kind of fiery flame came pop, and bounced, and ran around his shop. Now here, now there, so quick and nimble, it singed his finger through his thimble, that all about his needles ran, if there was any truth in man, while buttons, at least half a score, were driven through the kitchen door. The sexton, with important mien, gave his opinion on the scene, and to the doctor drawing near, thus gently whispered in his ear, The devil himself his cell has bust, to fly away with lawyer thrust. Now, having with due patience heard the story which each white preferred, Syntax was to the parlour shown, where he might breakfast all alone. I see, said he, I here must stay, and at the dragon pass the day. And this same dragon all my life just hints that I have got a wife. Nor can I pass the morning better than to indite this wife a letter. He paused and sighed ere he began, when thus the fond epistle ran. <clears throat> My dearest doll, full many a day from you and home I've passed away, but though we thus are doomed to part, you're ever present in my heart. Whene'er my prayers to heaven arise, at morn or evening sacrifice, whene'er for heaven's care they sue, I'll ask it for my dolly too. My journey, like life's common road, has had its evils and its good, but I've no reason to complain when pleasure has outweighed the pain. With flattering fortune in my view, glad I the toilsome way pursue, for I've no fear to make a book in which the world will like to look, nor do I doubt will prove a mine, for mine own comfort and for thine. But should all fail, I've found a friend in my old schoolmate Dicky Bend, who, kind and wealthy, will repay if hope should cheat me on the way. My every loss I may sustain and ease ill fortune of its pain. He has engaged to glad our home with promise of much good to come. Particulars of what I have seen, uh, what I have done, uh, where I have been, I shall reserve for my return, when, as the crackling faggots burn, I will in all domestic glory smoke out my pipe and tell my story. But be assured I'm free from danger, to the world's tricks I'm not a stranger. Whatever risks I'm forced to run, I shall take care of number one while you at home will keep in view the self-same care of uh, number two. To my kind neighbours I commend the wishes of their distant friend. Within ten days, uh, perhaps a week, I shall York's famous city seek, where at the post I hope to find a line from Dolly, ever kind. And if you will the pleasure crown 
tell me the prattle of our town of all that's passing and has passed since your dear hub beheld it last and know the truth which i impart the offspring of my honest heart that wheresoever i'm doomed to roam i still shall find that home is home that true to love and nuptial vows i shall remain your loving spouse such are the tender truths i tell conjunct carissima farewell thus he his kindest thoughts revealed but scarce had he the letter sealed when straight appeared the trembling host looking as pale as any ghost a man's just come into the town who says the castle's tumbled down and that with one tremendous blow the lightning's force has laid it low what castle friend the doctor cried the castle by the river-side a famous place whereas folks say some great king lived in former day but this fine building long has been a sad and ruinated scene where owls and bats and starlings dwell and where alas as people tell at the dark hour when midnight reigns ghosts walk all armed and rattle chains peace peace said syntax peace my friend nor to such tales attention lend but this new thought i must pursue a castle and a ruin too i'll hasten there and take a view the storm was past and many a ray of phoebus now revived the day when grizzle to the door was brought and this famed spot the doctor sought upon a rock the castle stood three sides environed by a flood where confluent streams uniting lave the craggy rift with foaming wave around the moss-clad walls he walked and through the inner chambers stalked and thus exclaimed with look profound the echoes giving back the sound let me expatiate here a while i think this antiquated pile is doubtless in the saxon style this was a noble spacious hall but why the chapel made so small i fear our fathers took more care of festive hall than house of prayer i find these barons fierce and bold who proudly lived in days of old to prayer preferred a sumptuous treat nor went to pray when they could eat here all along the banners hung and here the welcome minstrels sung the walls with glittering arms bedright displayed an animating sight beneath that archway once a gate with helmed crest in warlike state the bands marched forth nor feared the toil of bloody war that gave the spoil but now alas no more remains than will reward the painter's pains the palace of the feudal victor now serves for naught but for a picture plenty of water here i see but what's a view without a tree there's something grand in yonder tower but not a shrub to make a bower howe'er 
I'll try to take the view as well as my best art can do. An heap of stones the doctor found, which loosely lay upon the ground, to form a seat where he might trace the antique beauty of the place. But while his eye observed the line that was to limit the design, the stones gave way, and, sad to tell, down from the bank he headlong fell. The slush collected for an age received the venerable sage, for at the time the ebbing flood was just retreating from the mud. But after floundering about, Syntax contrived to waddle out. Half stunned, amazed, and covered o'er, as seldom white has been before, overwhelmed with filth and stink and grief, he saw no house to give relief, and thus amid the village din he ran the gauntlet to the inn. An angler threw his hook so pat he caught at once the doctor's hat. A bathing-boy, who naked stood, dashed boldly in the eddying flood, and, swimming onward like a grig, soon overtook the doctor's wig. Grizzle had traced the barren spot where not a blade of grass was got, and, finding naught to tempt her stay, she to the dragon took her way. The ostler cried, Here's some disaster. The mare's returned without her master. And soon he came, amid the noise, of men and women, girls and boys, glad in the inn to find retreat from the rude insult of the street. Undressed, well washed, and put to bed, with mind disturbed and aching head, in vain poor Syntax sought repose, but lay and counted all his woes. The friendly host, with anxious care, now hastes the posset to prepare. The cordial draught he kindly gives, which Syntax with a smile receives then seeks in sleep a pause from sorrow, in hopes of better fate to-morrow. End of Canto 9